Welcome, everyone, to The Carb Watch. I am your host, Ben Rogers. This show is sponsored by Performance Medicine. And one of the things about The Carb Watch is, is we're trying to bring you guys information on uh, weight loss, weight management, how to eat better, how to eat more healthy, uh, choose better foods. And today's show is 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 no different than that. Uh, we're going to you know talk about you know Sean's weight loss journey. And, and I'm just super excited. I, I can't wait to hear more about it. Me and Sean met uh, just recently, uh, virtually, and, uh, and I want to introduce him. His name is Sean Sally. And, and Sean, I just want to start by, give us the background story on how you came on to the Carb Watch. All right. So um, like you said, I am Sean Sally. I am originally from Greenville, Tennessee. And in 2013, I graduated high school and uh, started my studies at East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, studying uh, vocal music education. And through those studies and my time in school, I started observing this magnificent choral director in Kingsport named Jenny Rogers. Um, and I really enjoyed getting to watch her teach and um, then eventually becoming her colleague after I graduated college. And um, now, a few years later, I ran into her at a concert and she noticed my weight loss transformation and, and asked me to come onto the show and talk about it. So I'm really excited to be here. Huge shout out to, to Jenny Rogers, the amazing choral director and producer of this show. Uh, she is she is on the ones and twos today. So thank you to Jenny uh, for setting this up. And and Shauna, you know, the audience out here, you know, they're 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 trying to lose weight. They're wanting to live a, a healthier life. And and I thought that just telling about your weight loss journey would bring so much value to them, um, not only offering hope, but offering some you know, practical insights and in what they can do in their own life. Um, why don't you, you know, start with saying, like, where did this transformation begin? Like, what, how did it start? Mm -hmm. Well, um, always like growing up through my K through 12 school and then through college, I was always, um, very overweight and um but i didn't realize how big or specifically how unhealthy i was being um it just never really crossed my mind and then finally uh one day after i had graduated uh college and started my job as a music teacher i decided that it was time for a change and it was actually uh started as a stress reliever i started going to the gym a little bit and um, was working out just after school and started to see like some minor results, nothing major because the diet still hadn't changed, but some, some minor results with working out. And um, then as cliche as it sounds on new year's Eve uh, at the beginning of 2019, I was with a group of my friends in California and we like watched the ball drop and everything. And I was like, you know what this year, new year's resolution, I'm going to lose weight. And, um, at that point, I was 287 pounds, and I said, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by the end of the year. And um, and it, I think even in my mind, I was like, we'll see if that actually happens, because you know, it, usually the New Year's resolutions go away by like January 4th. And um, so, but then I, I came home from California. I went through life. I started trying to eat better. I was thinking about... Um, really counting calories and things like that. I knew nothing about nutrition 
or health or counting anything. Uh, it was all super new to me and really overwhelming at first. Um, and still overwhelming sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, and I would, anytime I had even a little bit of progress, I would text those friends and be like, Oh my gosh, like guess who lost two pounds this week or whatever. And, um, they really helped me to stay consistent because they were so supportive and so excited about even the smallest progress. Um, and that was, like I said, at the beginning of 2019, so over a year and a half ago. And, um, yeah, so I, I hit that 50 pound goal by August of 2019. And I was like, well, I have four months left of the year, so I might as well keep going and see what happens. So I raised my goal to 75 and then I hit that goal and so on. And, and now I've lost a total of, uh, like this morning I'm, I was at 181. So, um, total 106 pounds so far, I guess. Uh, 106 Lost. pounds in, in around a year and a half. Uh, yeah, a little bit over a year and a half. That is amazing. That is so wild. And, and I want to, you know, I really want to go to the beginning there. You said it exercise started as a stress reliever, a way to, you know, uh, deal with stress, manage stress. Um, what was the beginning like? You, you said you lost two pounds, you know, was it slow? Was it through exercise alone? Was there a, was there like a, a moment where, you know, nutrition was like, okay, I got to cut out this. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the progress from the, um, or the start of the progress, I guess, from the working out was, was really small. And, but it was more of, I honestly don't even remember if it was like on the scale difference or if it was just like a difference in, Hey, I, I feel better. Cause the being active at all was so different for me. No, no one in high school or college would have described me as an active person or anyone who, you know, if you saw me running, you knew something was like really wrong because <laughs> like I did not run. Um, so like a good feeling and maybe a few pounds and then finally after that new year's i was like okay well i'm gonna lower my calories um and i didn't really have like a specific number of calories for the day it, it wasn't a very super specific strict um thing at first it was just like a you know look at a meal and be like oh well that that meal alone is like 1100 calories maybe i should go for something else um and that's kind of how the food aspect of it started um was just trying to be go lower calorie in general. So you started with, with somewhat of a, a calorie restriction. What mm -hmm. was the, what was hunger like? Did you feel hungry? Cause I know that's a huge complaint, you know, when people start to, you know, watch what they, what they're eating, whether it's cutting down on carbs or cutting down on calories in general, you know, the complaint is, you know, I feel hungry. What did you mm -hmm. do with that? Cause I, you know, if you're cutting calories, you're, you're exercising, you know, there has to be a moment where it's like a shock to your system a little bit. Mm -hmm. The, I don't remember being super hungry when I started counting calories. Um, a lot later in my like nutrition journey, I kind of plateaued on, on the weight loss and I wasn't seeing a lot of results and I was get I was maintaining, I wasn't gaining anymore, but I just didn't get to, um, lose anymore. And I still had goals that I wanted to reach. So I switched to the keto diet, eating, like limiting myself at 20 carbs per day. And that's when I experienced the hunger was the first week or two of the keto diet, um, cutting something about cutting the carbs had a much bigger effect than cutting the calories 
um, that, earlier. That's, that's so interesting. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously at Performance Medicine, we're obsessed with carbs. You know, heck, this, this show is called The Carb Watch. Um, right. and, and I feel like so many people experience that they, they cut down on their carbs and that's what triggers this, this feeling of hunger because, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, you know, carbs feed off of each other. You eat more of them, you want more of them. And right. initially, you know, when you cut those down, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna feel hunger. What, how mm-hmm. long did that last for you? And, and what did you do to kind of combat it? The like really intense hunger probably lasted the first week or two of the keto diet and um my strategy for combating was finding zero or one carb snacks that i could just kind of graze on throughout the day um which was really difficult because basically all of the snacks that i ate before then were were no longer um available to me because it it would send me over my carb count. So, and that, that was probably the first and really only time that I got frustrated with keto because I remember being in the grocery store and I was super hungry and I wanted to find something and everything I picked up, it was just like, Nope, this won't work. Nope, this won't work. And so, um, but then finally, you know, found a few things and that worked out, uh, really well to cut that hunger out. And now I'm actually finding after that one or two week period, I feel like, I'm more full throughout the day on that limited carbs than I was before I started the keto diet. Um, that's, and that's really interesting insight, Sean. Like, so I'm, I'm, I, I love the keto diet in the sense that it kind of gives you some freedom with the, where you get your calories from in the sense that you can eat, you know, theoretically as much as you want. It just, mm-hmm. you got to keep those carbs really low. Were you going heavy on, on the healthy fats to kind of fill you up? Was that part of the strategy? A bit. Yeah. I, um, like everyone that's asked me about keto, uh, mm-hmm. cause a lot, like a lot of the people around me weren't as familiar with it and things. And one of the first things I've been telling people is like, I love feeling justified in the amount of cheese that I can eat, <laughs> which is not an experience that I had when I was counting calories. But now, you know, like different types of cheeses, all of it, or like a lot of meat, um, that, that is probably the bulk of my diet is meat and cheese. Um, I, one of the snacks that I found towards the beginning was just getting a bag of pepperoni and eating a few of those or like some cheddar cheese cubes, things like that. Um, Is the only rule that you're going by is the less than, than 20 grams of carbs? Yeah, basically the, the 20 gram net carbs. How are you counting that out of curiosity? Because, you know, one thing, you know, Andy, the physician's assistant in Johnson city was, was a huge believer in, or not a believer up. He was, a lot of his insight came from how he counted his carbs and cause it's not as easy as you think. It's definitely not mm-hmm. natural. You know, how are you keeping track of those? Did you use a, a Fitbit or a journal, anything like that? Um, when I first started, I was just using the notes app on my phone actually. And just kind of it. logging like breakfast. I ate this. It was four grams, net carbs, whatever. And then whenever I ate lunch, add that to my list. And then at the end of the day, just kind of delete and restart the next day um, to keep track. Now that I've been doing it and I'm used to counting all of it, um, I kind of just remember and go through my day. Um, And it is easier to, my strategy is I like to go pretty low carb. Well, it's all low carb, but like extremely low carb uh, at breakfast and lunch and kind of save the majority of my carbs for dinner. Uh, Because a few times I fell in the trap of like breakfast was kind of a lot. Lunch was kind of a lot. 
oh gosh, I have two carbs left. What am I going to eat for dinner? Um, so I like to kind of flip that and do as low as I can for breakfast. And it, it makes it easier to keep count of because it's like, oh, well, I know that I still have 12 or 13 for dinner because I just had these little things for lunch, for breakfast and lunch. And this is, I mean, this is probably a, a dumb question, but, but are you, are you cooking all your meals or how are you meal, meal prepping for, for a regimen like that? If you're, if you're trying to keep count, keeping that, uh, that carb cat count below 20. Um, yeah, I'll, we cook a lot. My girlfriend is also keto, so, which has made it super easy. Mm-hmm. Um, like side note, if you have someone else that's doing it with you, it's like exponentially easier because you can cook together, you know, take turns cooking the meals, whatever. And then we'll usually, you know, for dinner one night, we'll cook enough to where we have leftovers for lunch the next day, things like that, so that it's not constantly spending time in the kitchen um, prepping for things like that. And then if there's not something like that where we have leftovers for lunch, then I might just pack like some pepperoni, some cheese, um, cucumber, things like that for lunch. Um, I, I think that's, that might be one of the, one of the most powerful things you've said so far is, is having a partner in this, having somebody who's either doing it with you or at least in line with you philosophically, you know, it makes it so much easier. You can hold each mm-hmm. other accountable. Has that been a, a big factor, just the accountability part? What, what, what's your girlfriend's name? Whitney. So if is is Whitney serving as like that accountability partner? Like I don't want to, like I don't want to let her down in in that regard. Because I I know that so many people, um, well, you know, there was a, a while ago. Doctor Rogers had a, a list of three things that you know he felt like everybody needed in order to in order to lose weight or or manage their weight. And one was was a reason why. And, and two was a, was a tool, whether that's, you know, a medication to start off with or a a diet like the keto diet. And three was like an accountability partner, you know, someone to hold you accountable, kind of be right by your side. You know, how big of a deal was that for you? Uh, it was, it was huge. I don't know that I would have made it this long without, um, her doing it too, especially because a, She's just a better cook with me or than me, which not only means that the food is better, but also she's really good at like taking something that's not keto that I'm really in the mood for and then finding like replacing ingredients and kind of playing with the recipe uh, with substitutes and things to make it keto, which has been awesome. Because I'm not that creative, I've never considered myself to be a great cook. I doubt. I um, doubt that. If you're hanging out with Jenny <laughs> Rogers, there's there's zero chance you're you're not that creative. And um, but but it's also been um, great. You know, on keto, if you take a cheat day and decide, you know, I'm going to eat this bowl of pasta, then your whole the way that you're burning the carbs and things is affected for two or three days afterwards before you get back into it. So it's kind of been nice to be like, you know, well, if she's sticking on it, then I can stick on it too. There's, there's not as much of a temptation to have any kind of cheat day or anything. Um, especially when it kind of halts your progress for that long. Um, do you have a a cheat day, like a, like a regular day where you're able to go over to kind of reset your body a little bit or are you sticking to the below 20 uh all week we we pretty much stuck with it i had um there let's see i started keto in june and since june so in the past five months i've probably cheated three times 
I think. Um, and it was all situations where it was like, uh, I went to Florida with some friends for, we got an Airbnb for a bachelorette party because I was a bridesman in a wedding. And um, I, we, we just stayed in the Airbnb because of social distancing and quarantining and all that. And so we were cooking a lot in the house and I was the only one there that was going to be keto. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, Hey, can we buy all these extra groceries just for me? And then also, could you prepare this dish separate just for me? And so I was like, okay, I'll just eat what they're going to eat and it'll be fine. And it, it was intense. Like just the, the way that I felt afterwards, I didn't realize how much energy I get being on keto and then how like just, dreary of i felt with with all the sugar coming back i guess what about brain fog i because i you know i'm i'm not on a keto diet but that's one of the things i've heard is you know when you're sticking to such a low carb regimen you you do start to think way more clearly when you're when your body is running on ketones uh versus mm-hmm. you know running on burning fat versus burning sugar is that is that kind of resonate in your experience um a bit yeah and i guess I maybe never really thought of it as as just the mental aspect of it. I think in my mind it was kind of stemming from the physical um like the weight of it, not not necessarily putting on pounds but just feeling heavy like like just really um not energized and and just sleepy uh a lot of the time and and yeah, I would say there's a mental aspect to that too of um, just lack of attention span or yeah. lack of focus, things like that. We, that would, that goes with that too. We have, you know, one thing we've talked a lot about, um, on our various shows is, is the keto flu. And, you know, when you, when you do start a ketogenic diet, you can, you know, not feel that great at the beginning. You mentioned that first week was, you know, super hungry. What, did you experience anything like that where you just weren't, your body wasn't responding? I was really happy that um, I didn't really have that experience. I I only had the really intense hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of like waiting for that because I had read about it. Um, and, you know, if you feel that if you feel sick or whatever, then then that that's normal. Yeah. Uh, but I never I never had that experience. Thank goodness. Yeah, that, that's and I know that's a huge barrier for a lot of people. Um, it, now, so you, you said you started the keto in June. And before that, you know, for your first 50 pounds, it was, it was pure calorie restriction. Is that correct? Yeah. Just calorie restriction and, um, going to the gym. When I started out, I think I was going, uh, like three to four times a week, uh, to the gym as well as the calorie restriction. And, and that brought me down about 60 to 65 pounds probably. Um, and then I just, oh, sorry. How are you feeling? Like what was your energy levels like? Uh, with the calorie restriction and the exercising three to four days a week to get that first 60 off. Mm-hmm. I, I felt really good. I, um, especially because I, I was smaller than I had been since I was in middle school, probably. Um, and that felt awesome. And, you know, going through, I, I don't know how many times I've had to like reset my closet because I would buy something and then I would get, to where that was too big. So I'd have to go buy the same article of clothing a size down. And, um, so, but I, I felt really good about it, but I knew that I wanted to keep going and I didn't know how far I could keep going. I didn't know what a realistic goal was. Cause like I said, at the beginning, I just wanted 50. Um, and I thought that, and, and it was a big goal, but I thought that it was going to take 
the whole year. I had kind of doubts in my mind of like, I'm not sure. I don't know if I can lose 50 pounds in a year. That seems like a lot. So after that, I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what a realistic goal is um, at that point, but it felt nice to continue to see progress and, and results. And then when I hit that plateau and um, wasn't seeing the results anymore, I started to get kind of frustrated because I was like, I don't know what to do differently. I'm still going to the gym. I'm still eating healthy. Um, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not having like cheat days or anything. I'm being pretty strict with myself. Like what's going on. Um, and then that's what led me to start the keto diet. Cause I was like, well, if I switch things up, then maybe my body will have this reset and start to start to lose weight again. So. Yeah. That's it's so fascinating that you mentioned, you know, a moment of frustration, because I think we all can relate to that, whether it's, mm. you know, you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to change up your diet. There's always that moment where you feel like you're plateauing. You're not getting the results you're wanting at all, or just not as quickly as you want. What would you like, what advice can you give, you know, our listeners in, in, in how to deal with that frustration? Because I feel mm-hmm. like that's, you know, if we can just get past that, that hump, you know, then, you know, the next, you know, 10 pounds, the next five pounds isn't going to be as difficult. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I, um, the first thing that came to mind when you asked that was, you know, if, if I had like a line graph and graphed my weight on the scale on that line graph, it would not be a straight line going down. It would be very zigzagged. It was very up and down. Um, it wasn't point A to point B. And so I would say, you know, when you start the journey, go ahead and expect that, you know, one day you'll get on the scale and, and have gained a pound or two from the last time you weighed. And that's not the end of the world. That's, that'll go away too. It's just, um, you know, that's, that's just the way it works. And then when I hit that plateau for a really long time, I, I was looking at things I was trying to research. And a lot of the things that I saw said, switch up what you're doing, alter your lifestyle in some way, alter the foods you're eating, alter your workouts, um, things like that. So if, if you hit a plateau for a long time, rather than get frustrated with yourself, see it as a challenge of, okay, what can I switch up in my life to get the change to start again? And, and that's when you decided to, to go with a, with a keto diet. And has there been, it, did things just happen super fast after that? And, it, you know, once you switched up your diet, did you start to uh, get more momentum? Yeah, I, uh, I saw pretty quick results with it. Um, which was great to see the results while I was going through that starvation. Cause at first I was like, I don't know if this is going to work or not. Like, <laughs> you know, I was so hungry, but, um, the, but I was seeing results and I, I was fine. I just felt like I was having to eat a lot to satisfy my cravings and my hungers in that first few weeks, which then mentally I was like, well, is this actually going to give me results? Because I feel like I'm eating a lot of food right now, mm-hmm. but it, it was the, the foods that I was eating that mattered. Um, and so saw probably lost 10, 15 pounds ish pretty quickly and then hit another little plateau, not nearly as long as the first time. Um, and I don't really know what caused the, the weight loss to start again after that. It, it kind of comes in waves, I guess. And, and you kind of hit this plateau and you stay there and you maintain and then you lose a little bit more and so on. And um, currently I'm, I've in a plateau that I've been on for a while. 
Uh, but I'm also basically where I want to be as far as weight and now um, just focusing on maintaining and continuing to make healthy choices and uh, things like that. Have you found that to be tough, that, that moment of I'm where I want to be, now I know, you know, I know what I need to do to maintain it. Have you, have you, has there been a motivation drop or anything like that? Or, or are you kind of past the point of needing motivation? It's just part of what you do. Mm-hmm. It really is more of a lifestyle now. Like it doesn't take a lot of focus. I would, I would say like, I still have to think about what I'm eating and, you know, make myself go to the gym and things like that. Um, but it's, it's less, strategic i guess and it's more of just almost what i do on autopilot is i just eat the foods that i've been eating for a few months and things like that um it was kind of difficult to reach the decision of like okay i'm here this is what i've wanted for a year and a half like this is where i want to be i don't really want to lose any more weight because i that was the goal for so long to then change the goal from losing to maintaining was um, kind of a mindset shift, not so much in motivation, but just in realizing what the goal was at that point. Yeah. Uh, it was a little strange. I, I love stuff like that because, you know, uh, you know, I come from a tennis background and, and one of the things that, that I've learned over a long period of time is, is the goal is, actually the process, you know, so the goal, you know, with, you know, someone that wants to go on a keto diet is doing the keto diet, you know, not necessarily, you know, you know, how many pounds you want to lose or whatever. I know that's probably the macro goal. Um, but what main, what's, what's gonna, I think help a lot of people get over the hump is, is realizing that the process is the goal you know, doing it is the goal. And I think, you know, that's something that, that you're doing so well is, you know, you're in it every single day. And now, like you said, it's like, it's like brushing your teeth in the morning. Can Mm -hmm. you speak a little bit about to that? Like what your thoughts are in terms of like the process is the goal now that, um, you know, you don't have, I mean, you don't have 50 pounds to lose anymore. Right. Yeah. I, um, like you said, it, it's it's like brushing your teeth. It's just what I go for instinctively now. Um, and it's a really good feeling to be at that point. I think the key to it is to build the um, like routine and the habits while you're on your way to meeting that weight loss goal or whatever it may be. And then the maintenance of it basically looks like the same process that you're you're already you've been in for months that's worked for you. Um, to to lose the weight so for example i wake up i actually go to the gym before school every day Mm -hmm. um and that really sets my day off on kind of the right note i feel really energized at work and then i eat breakfast afterwards eat my lunch that i've packed at school i come home and make something for dinner and so and that's something that i know that i'm going to do every day is um to eat at those times. Another thing that I feel really helped me is I was like, I set a pretty hard rule for myself. Like I'm not going to eat after 6 30 PM. Um, didn't want to eat very late. Cause I just, I felt weird the next morning. Um, and that's kind of always been a thing, not just with keto, but so figuring out like what times work for you to eat and, um, setting up a routine in that way really helped. 
So you're 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 stopping your eating at six thirty, and what time are you eating the next day? Um, currently, of course, a lot of a lot of especially the keto part kind of started during the summer, and then we were in quarantine and things. But uh, currently, with school going on, my breakfast will be around seven forty five a.m. or so. Um, so there's about roughly thirteen hours in there where I'm not eating. And of course, like every now and then I might have a few pepperonis at night or something like that. But as far as meals, um, I have that, that gap pretty much every day. Yeah. I I think having the routine of, of eating at the same time is super important. Same thing Mm -hmm. with, you know, one thing Dr. Rogers talks a lot about is we're huge proponents of, of sleep and this is off topic, but um, going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, it, it's, it's interesting just how, you know, our body needs those rhythms and mm-hmm. the, the same thing goes for, for food. Um, now, now Sean, I, I want to, you know, I'm thinking about our, our listeners now and, you know, so many of them have heard, you know, from us, from other sources, how, how great a, a ketogenic diet is, but they might be intimidated by it. You know, what would you say to those people? If, if I'm thinking, man, I can't do that, you know, 20 grams of carbs, um, I, I, can't, I don't have time to, to, to count everything. You know, what do you say to that person? You know, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you break it down into something that's manageable, practical, and it feels within my reach? Mm-hmm. I, um, I would say, you know, when I started keto diet, I just like cold turkey. I was like, okay, 20 carbs, here we go. But if that doesn't feel like something that could work for you, then maybe you could cap it at 50 and then two weeks later go to 40 and then two weeks later make it a process of slowly lowering your carbs Um, or maybe take it one meal at a time. Say like, okay, this week for dinner, I'm going to be eating low carb, something like that. Um, And then also like we already touched on this a little bit, but having an accountability partner um, who can help you. And that doesn't necessarily have to be someone else who's on keto. Um, or someone that's, that has the same goals as you. Like we said, right now, my goals are just to maintain where I am. I have a friend who recently started the keto diet and he, he was like, okay, I'm going to text you every Sunday when I weigh in and I'm going to tell you where I'm at. And, um, I feel like that's really helpful just to, you know, that you will need to tell that person what you're doing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your weight. Maybe you want to tell them, uh, what you've eaten or in, anything like that. But having someone that you're talking to, don't take it on alone because um, we we don't always keep ourselves accountable like our friends or our family can keep us accountable. And the one more thing that I would say to anybody who is uh, maybe overwhelmed by the idea of keto, it it looks like it cuts out a lot of foods for you. And it, it does cut out, you know, things, bread, potatoes, uh, a lot of fruits, things like that. But also just about anything that you want to eat, you can find a keto friendly substitute for. Um, So for example, I love Mexican food. I think I could eat Mexican food for three meals a day, every day of my life for the rest of my life and be totally happy. And, and so pretty early on in keto, I was like, if we don't figure out how to make some kind of Mexican inspired food, then I'm, I'm out. Like I can't. And, um, so we found a, a tortilla substitute alternative kind of thing that uses zucchini and cheddar cheese and almond flour. And you kind of pat it together and flatten it out and bake it. 
and honestly, it's better than a tortilla. Like even if I'm if I come off keto, whatever, I'm still going to make those because they're delicious. So <laughs> just about anything you want, you can find a way, and it might not taste exactly the same, but it might taste better. So uh, it, that would be what I would tell. Is is there anything uh, any sort of Google search that that you do? I know Andy had has talked a lot about you know how to search for you know, keto friendly tortillas. Is there anything that any site or anything like that, that you found as a good resource to figure out that recipe for that tortilla? Because I know, you know, so many people are thinking the exact same thing you're thinking with Mexican food. Uh, so, you know, what, what have you searched for? What, what's been like a, a really good search term that's, that's worked for, you know, keto friendly alternatives. Mm-hmm. I will usually either go to Google and say like keto tortilla or low carb tortilla alternative, something like that. And you have to be careful because some things will say keto or low carb and it'll be like, here's this tortilla, one tortilla for 15 grams of carbs. And it's like, well, technically that's keto. It's less than 20. And I, you know, for, for a normal person's diet, it's low carb because it's just 15 when the typical person would eat a whole lot more than that. But when you have 20 for the day, 15, uh, isn't going to do much. You're going to be very hungry and you're going to have to eat. I don't even know what you, I guess a lot of pepperoni if you can find some zero carb ones. But, um, so yeah, yeah. Be careful. Like really look into it. Don't just click something that says keto tortilla and just decide this is it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, Kelly and Andy, we had, we had a show recently, um, gosh, it was, it it was talking about how to count carbs and, and, um, and Kelly and Andy were, were talking about, you know, these are certain foods that, that you would just have no idea are packed with carbs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of my favorite stats is I think an apple alone has 40 carbs or something and, and you would never, you would never think of it, of, of needing to like cut out apples. Uh, I was shocked, like when, especially with fruit, because you always think about fruit being so healthy and, and some vegetables. I will say though, also, if you go, if you go to Google and say, um, how many carbs are in cauliflower or something like that, it gives you kind of a higher, I mean, it's not high, but it's higher. And you're like, Oh, I don't know if I can budget that with, with the rest of my meal. Um, cause it'll, it won't give you a link. It'll just come up and say like seven or eight or something like that on Google. And they are, that's the, the total carbs. They're not, uh, putting like the fiber and things like that into it. So there are vegetables that I avoided for a long time because I would Google them and be like, well, that's half of my day. I'm not going to spend half of my day on a zucchini. And then <laughs> like, um, we we eventually found out. Oh, this is actually better for us than than we realized. You're you're talking uh, about net carbs now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, it wouldn't put the fiber in to to subtract it to figure out the net carbs. It just told you the total, and I was like, I can't do that. And and we figured out that there were, we weren't looking at the whole picture. So. I, I love that you said uh, budget uh, your carbs. I, you know, Jenny in the in the green, we got to take note of that. The, the carb budgets or something. There's yeah. something to that, you know, cause you do yeah. really, you really have to budget them. It's like a, it's so much like your finances that mm-hmm. there's so much correlation to it. Um, yeah. I, when I like call Whitney on the phone or something and we're talking, I'll say, we're like, what do you want for dinner? And I'll be like, well, you know, I've used like 
nine of my carbs today. So I've only got 11 left. Like it really, like you have to be really strategic on how you spend them. Um, because once you hit zero, like the account's dry, you don't have anything else uh, until tomorrow, and then it magically replenishes. I, I love it. Well, well, Sean, I, I tell you what, I, I want to be you know conscientious of your of your night here, and, and we're about out of time. But but you know, just to, to end, is there any you know um, any final you know thing you want to tell the people who who are really trying to lose weight and just have struggled and and, and it, they haven't seen the results they're wanting or, or, or someone who's wanting to start the keto but is intimidated by it, anything that, you know, based on your experience that you can leave us with? I would say if you're thinking about trying to lose weight or going keto or counting calories or whatever your method might be to make any kind of improvement in your life, uh, in, in your nutrition, and your fitness, um, there's no time like the present to start because, you know, I think that in my mind, I always knew that eventually I would try to maybe lose weight. And, um, then one day I decided, you know, if, if I wait much longer then I won't be able to enjoy the product as much, um, later on. So go ahead, start now and, you know, appreciate every small amount of progress. It doesn't have to be, if you, you don't have to lose 20 pounds in the first week to feel like a winner. If you lose one pound, then that's reason to celebrate. Um, and you know, find what works for you. A friend of mine, her thing was she would give herself non food rewards for, you know, at 10 pounds, she would buy a shirt and at 20 pounds, she would, um, go to the movies or something like that. So, um, you know, find, find what works for you to motivate yourself, uh, to push forward. And especially in those times of, of plateauing, because you will continue to make progress. You just have to figure out, um, what it takes to get you there. Well, Sean, that, I, I think that's a beautiful way to end. And I, I just want to emphasize how, how many, how many pounds have you lost in this last year and a half, just for the, for the second, third time? Yeah, uh, about 106 pounds in a year and a half. That is amazing, and you're such an inspiration to so many people. And I, I know the people you know listening and watching this, uh, they're going to get so much value out of it. And and if if anyone you know starts the keto diet or or you know starts you know you know walking in the gym, like like Sean says, you know I, the the biggest thing is just to to start right now. You know to do something now. And and celebrate those those little wins and um, and Sean, you are a just a a huge inspiration in terms of how little wins can end up being just really really big wins. Um, so Sean, thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you for for uh, I'm so glad that you you got to see Jenny. Uh, I yeah. guess in the last couple of weeks, um, but you are you're an amazing amazing guy. Uh, I, I can't thank wait you. for people to watch this. To be honest with you, I can't wait to publish it. Um, and they're going to get so much value out of it. Uh, Sean, we really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Guys, we'll see y'all next time. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.